You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. again for Southern Fried Sports on your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM. Travis Ryer, your trusty, if not talented host of the program with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Great, great stuff. You know, trick or treat for me at Peterbrook They have that carousel right there when you walk into the store, which, by the way, right now is in full fall regalia, ready for Halloween. They're good to go with all that. I got that carousel right there in the middle of the store, and you got your assorted dark chocolate almonds. You got your dark chocolate espresso beans. Maybe you like the milk chocolate malt balls, and you can go around to the different canisters there with the levers and you just pull down on those levers fill up those bags that's trick-or-treat that's the way to do it you can do that at peterbrook chocolatier 1530 mcfarland boulevard north joined on the program by james ludeman gonna produce the show for us and we're very excited to have james with us and together we're gonna still combine to form the 60 minute moon Sports Talk Radio. James, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Man, it is good to be here, Travis. And uh, for, I'm pretty sure this may be the first time I've ever been on your show, so it's exciting. Yeah, you, you may opt out. You know, it's opt-out season. You, you may opt out after just one, James. I could, I could sure. never do that to you, buddy. <laughs> oh, in all seriousness, get well wishes to our guy, Joe Gaither. Uh, we certainly uh, hope for a, a speedy return from Joe Gaither and uh, thinking about him not only as he, he tries to get back, but also on his birthday. Happy birthday, Joe Gaither, today. 205-342-9904. That is the Peterbrook Chocolate to your studio line. If you'd like to jump on board with us at any point during today's program, you're more than welcome to do that. We'll have Brent Beard, the encyclopedic one, Brent Beard, coming up in just a little bit. We'll go around the Southeastern Conference with Brent, man, you know, just when we thought we had enough sort of fluidity when it comes to the day-to-day operations and prospects for football programs, uh, really college, NFL, high school, you name it, now we're going to mix in Hurricane Delta 
uh, ready to enter the Gulf of Mexico, it appears. And so now we're wondering about the upcoming weekend of college football games with an emphasis on the Southeastern Conference. Obviously, you've got Baton Rouge hosting LSU and Missouri. That one comes to mind instantly because the poor folks of the state of Louisiana, it just seems like uh, it's never-ending, I'm sure, for those poor folks. And it looks like, once again, based on the projected path of Delta, uh, central Louisiana, once again, could be right in the right in the path of this storm. But you've got games in College Station this weekend with Florida set to visit Texas A&M. You obviously have Alabama going to Ole Miss. It's just uh, could be a very impactful storm, certainly first and foremost, on again, on the poor folks of the Gulf Coast. But uh, secondarily, in the, in the sports world, uh, Southeastern Conference football, again, especially where it seems like LSU and Missouri are concerned. There's been, already been some talk, I think, today of uh, maybe the game moving to Columbia, Missouri, uh, even some chatter about potentially trying to convene at a neutral site. I think LSU issued a statement here in the last hour or so that they have not come to a conclusion on exactly the plan for the game uh, with Missouri and LSU. By the way, that is a 8 central Saturday night kickoff, Saturday night in Death Valley on ESPN. Uh, LSU saying it's still a little too early in the week to uh, – go ahead and, and maybe make some changes to that. But you're definitely going to want to keep your eyes and ears open, and we'll certainly have you covered uh, in all aspects of the upcoming weekend schedule. You got so many other sports going on, too, uh, around the world of sports. I mean, you had a doubleheader in the National Football League last night. The Chiefs take care of the Cam Newtonless Patriots in Kansas City in the early game. What about Damian Harris, man? Damian Harris, the former Alabama running back with his first 100-yard game last night against the world champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Good for Damian. You also saw some of Jared Stidham at quarterback in that game for the Pats. Pop Warner teammates getting together there. And Jared Stidham and Damian Harris in that one. Pretty cool. Little Iron Bowl duo there with the Auburn quarterback and the Alabama running back. But Chiefs, uh, not exactly Chief-like on offense last night, but uh, still get the job done in KC. And then in your late game, the Falcons, oof, Falcons fall again. At least the Falcons this time didn't race out to like a 427-6 to lead and then blow it. You know, So if you're a Falcons fan, you actually take some solace in that, that they didn't do that to you. Can't lose a lead week. if you never have it. <laughs> you got that right, James. Oh, goodness. What about Aaron Rodgers? Think that first-round draft pick at uh, quarterback lit a little fire under A-Rod? Yeah. Playing lights out right now. Not a big fantasy football guy, but I do have a team. I'm in one league, and I'm proud to say Aaron Rodgers, that's my quarterback, in words of Terrell Owens. Aaron Rodgers, great performance last night. So you're going to have Major League Baseball playoffs continuing today. Our Atlanta Braves, about two hours exactly from this very moment, you're going to have first pitch out in Houston, Texas, with the Atlanta Braves and the Miami Marlins. The Marlins, 7-0 and all-time in playoff series. How about that? 
you know, for a, a franchise, an organization that, man, when they're bad, they're the worst. But when the Marlins get to the postseason, it can be a problem. We'll see if the Braves can uh, put an end to that starting this afternoon. Max Freed on the bump for the Bravos. You're going to have Ian Anderson, I guess, in that number two spot. Going to go Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, straight through. Best of five out in Houston. We'll see what the Braves can do. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. Uh, of course, Ole Miss and Alabama on Saturday evening. How about Lane yesterday? Lane having some fun, having some fun with some comments about the old opt-outs striking everywhere apparently, but right here in Tuscaloosa at the University of Alabama. Well, Lane, um, what would you call Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, Jedrick Wills, Tua Tonga-Vailoa, Terrell Lewis, Xavier McKinney? I need to keep going. Those were opt-outs, weren't they? All those guys could still be in crimson and white. Instead, they moved on to the National Football League after last season. So, yeah, I'd say I'd say Alabama had a few opt-outs. Lane. Oh, Lane. You know, Lane, we thought, I, I didn't think, but I think a lot of people thought, oh, this is a different Lane at Ole Miss. And look, I enjoy Lane, so I enjoyed yesterday. Enjoyed those comments because that's who Lane really is, you know. Lane tried to take sort of the Hugh Freeze approach there for a while, you know, tweeting out inspirational sort of notes and Bible verses and things like that. That's Hugh Freeze's stick, man. Leave that alone, Lane. Give us that old school Lane like we got yesterday. I'll tell you who else opted out a few years back. Nick Saban opted out. He opted out on his offensive coordinator going into that 2017 college football playoff game. And the guy he opted out on was Lane Kiffin. Yeah. And the guy he put in there was Steve Sarkeesian. So you got those storylines for you going into Saturday night as well. Boy, two really explosive offenses. We talked about this yesterday, man. This isn't your mom's third ex-husband's SEC, okay? You know, we talked about it yesterday from the perspective of the run game and how few teams, you know, were averaging even north of 140 rushing yards per game. And conversely, when you look at the passing offenses through two games, last year uh, you have, well, you have 12 SEC teams through two games that are averaging more than 200 passing yards per game. A year ago, for the season in SEC play, uh, you had seven SEC teams that averaged more than 200 passing yards per game. And look, if you really want to make the old heads shed a tear or two, tell them right now that five SEC teams are averaging more than 340 yards per game through the air. Remember when we were going to get retro SEC in 2020? Because, I mean, Tua and Burrow and a lot of playmakers in general were moving on to the National Football League. You know, we were supposed to get back to, like, 2011 SEC. Uh, I wouldn't say that's happened. And you're going to have two of the most dynamic passing offenses in the country on display, we hope, Saturday night. If you're Nick Saban... 
by the way. And the choices end up being you can play this game Friday night or Sunday. Which would you prefer? I would think because you got Georgia the next Saturday here in Tuscaloosa, I wouldn't think you'd want to carry this Ole Miss game into later in the weekend, right? I would think you'd want to go ahead and play this thing Friday night. Neither is preferred, obviously. You don't play college football on Sundays, especially in the South. You don't want to play on Friday night because then you start stepping onto the high schools. But look, it's a pandemic era. It's a hurricane era. Got to do what you got to do. I guess there is the scenario where Ole Miss and Alabama match up in terms of their off dates. They're both off November the 7th. So if you're Nick Saban, would you rather have the weekend before Georgia off or the weekend before LSU off? Based on what I've seen through two games, I'd rather have the weekend off before Georgia than LSU. We'll talk about some of that stuff and more with Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. Coming up next on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports, right after this. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 83. For tonight, fair with the low at 60. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 86. Thursday, clouds increasing during the day, a chance of showers by afternoon. Thursday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at Tide100.9.com or download the free Tide 100.9 app. The Crimson Tide! Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on your home for University of Alabama Athletics. Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. And as we typically do on Tuesdays, it's time to tour the Southeastern Conference and perhaps beyond with our good pal Brent Beard of College Sports Today and First Coast News. And Brent, as we bring you on here, the previous weekend, it sort of had a feel of normalcy in terms of the anticipated power structure of yeah. the league for 2020. Was that the sense you sort of got from what we saw on Saturday? Well, I, I think, Trav, uh, certainly the, uh, uh, the the dominance of Alabama for most of that game uh, and then with Georgia – uh, and, and then to, to a degree, you could maybe say even Florida. Uh, so, yes, uh, I think if you're looking at uh, the the powers to be as predicted, um, not only before the game, but can we go back a few months, uh, that, that some of that fell into play Saturday. Now, Trav, if it remains that way <laughs> in this uh, ever-changing year, what we will see. But, yes, I, I, I would agree that uh, when a lot of people thought what happened Saturday came true. What team has impressed you the most through these two games in the league? I mean, obviously, people are going to point to Alabama, Georgia, Florida. Uh, but is there another team to this point that maybe you look to and say, this game might be more of a factor in its 
respective division than it was given credit for going into the season. Well, uh, I, I would say Arkansas in the West, I, I, I know that sounds uh, crazy, but they played a tremendous half against Georgia, uh, and then obviously they beat Mississippi State. Uh, and look, is Auburn going to win the? Is Arkansas going to win the West? No, of course not. But and I'm curious if you've seen some improvement in them, uh, like I have. Uh, I give um, Odom a lot of credit. Barry Odom is D coordinator. And Trev, I would say Tennessee is kind of. Uh, and, and look, you can make the argument they haven't beaten anybody, but it's still a Tennessee team that I think is slowly improving. You can see what Jeremy Pruitt's done with the line of scrimmage. Even Garantano is better. So I, I I would say maybe surprises, yeah, but besides Alabama, uh, Georgia, and Florida, to me so far will be uh, Arkansas and Tennessee. Boy, it looks like Jeremy, similar to Kirby before him at Georgia, has taken a few pages from that 2008-2009 manual of Alabama <laughs> football. Really? If you like leather-helmeted mm-hmm. retro football, Tennessee yeah. is your team right now because they remind me so much, like Georgia did in some previous years, of Alabama in those early years under Nick Saban. No doubt. Uh, and now, they're not real sophisticated, uh, as far as throwing it all over the field like Mississippi State, but I mean I think they're solid. I, they just they they seem to tackle well, they block well, uh, they're running the ball better than I think people thought they would uh, at this point. I mean, Trav, they're averaging 182 yards, and again, it's it's after South Carolina, and Missouri, and we have a small uh, sample size. Uh, at this point, they've allowed four sacks in two games, uh, which certainly could be worse. But uh, I think what Pruitt has done with Garantano has been impressive, too, that he's cut down on his mistakes. He's made better decisions. Uh, Trump, when I look at them, it's they're not flashy, are they? They're just kind of who they are, that, that they take a real business approach. They're, they're physical, and you know you've played them and obviously they've got some teams coming up, uh, Georgia, Alabama, uh, around the corner that will tell us who they are. Uh, but it, it's kind of a slow, consistent process, isn't it? Yeah, it looks like Jim Chaney has Gorantano finally convinced that he needs to be Jared yeah. Parker, Jared Parker Wilson and not Jared Manziel. <laughs> Yeah, That's because crazy. Jared liked to sort of go out on his own, as we saw here in Tuscaloosa last season. Appears to have matured finally uh, at, a, at a pretty good clip. And um, competition never hurts either. And I'll say that for Jeremy. He has continued to bring in quarterbacks and, you know, keep that fire lit under Garantano. But, yeah, give the the veteran credit at this point later on in his career. It seems as if he's finally bought into more of the game manager than mm-hmm. sort of the highlight real sure. guy that he tried to be there in his early years in Knoxville. Hey, we talk about this run game at Tennessee, and Kate Mays obviously getting eligible for that offense. It's been huge. But elsewhere, you look around the league, and it's as Big 12-ish as ever 
in the yeah. SEC right now, Brent. You've got five teams after two games that are averaging more than 340 passing yards per game, Brent. <laughs> what would some of our relatives oh. a couple of decades ago think about this league right now, well, Brent? They, I- uh, the, the old proverbial, they'd be spinning in their uh, <laughs> in their graves with Bright the dancing. This, yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about. It. But again, uh, I mean, as we've said uh, at this point, and and uh, and I give Connor O'Gara credit for this. He said after two games, eleven SEC quarterbacks have a completion percentage of sixty percent or better. Yeah. Uh, that. That speaks for itself too, but 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 again, Trav, you, I I still say we're in a age of seven on seven football in a lot of ways, and and COVID has only enhanced that um, because we haven't been able to do a lot of hitting. I I just wonder though, Trav, will this be the pattern for the for the entire year, or will we see more physical um, line of scrimmage games? As we get on into the year, as we seem to see basically every week from Georgia right now. Yeah, you know, and it's it really is right now. You look around the league in terms of defenses, and once you get beyond Georgia, you're kind of asking yourself, who's up next? Yeah. Um, and typically, there's a, a pack of teams that you can choose from. But I guess some of this too, the influence of Lane Kiffin coming into the league sure. at Ole Miss. I mean, you go from what. Ole Miss was doing under Rich Rodriguez last year to what Lane does. And Lane likes balance. Uh, he's not just a, an air it out guy. You get Mike Leach in the league uh, at Mississippi State. That's obviously going to change some things there in Starkville as well. But you look at this Alabama team going to Oxford, or at least we hope to Oxford. we got to <laughs> consider the weather situation really? for this weekend. We'll get into a little bit of that in just a minute. Um what are you anticipating the most about this second stop in the tour of the disciples in this four game stretch in terms of Nick Saban going against former assistants? I think what Lane has done uh, with Matt Corral, who obviously we saw at Florida, uh, or at least what we're going to see before he made the move is he's gone from a 59% passer to a 77% passer. Uh, now, Lane in Alabama was lauded and applauded, and he should have been for his play calling because he could dial him up as well as anybody could in Trout. But the thing that uh, the thing that uh, is so impressive or the, uh, uh, I mean, Matt Corral that's standing in the pressure, he's making accurate throws. Uh, I mean, uh, the uh, Elijah Moore continues to be one of the better uh, wide receivers anywhere. Now, look, they they can't stop you and me running the ball, uh, and that's got to change eventually for Lane. But right now, I just think the the accuracy that you see in, in what he has done for Corral, that any any implemented more of uh, Plumley last week, which was impressive. Uh, as Kentucky still struggles with being 0-2. But um, I, I, I'm curious if you caught a little bit of that uh, with him, too, is early on uh, how how he has improved uh, Corral and probably never got the credit he deserved for what he's done with quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, we, we saw it here firsthand. 
um, in terms of what he was able to do with Jake Coker and uh, Blake Sims. No doubt. Uh, you know, before you transitioned into Jalen and Tua, but uh, he's going to maximize all of the personnel he has at the skill right. spots. And so if you thought John Rice Plumley, just because Matt Corral's the guy right now at quarterback with the athleticism that Plumley brings to the mix is just going to sit on the sideline over the course of an entire season, Lane's got something in store for Plumley. Sure. And there are reasons why Lane even puts him on tape in certain situations. There's more to come, I have no doubt about it, where John Rice Plumley is concerned. But yeah, Elijah Moore, you know, they may end up doing a statue of Elijah Moore with his leg height in Starkville <laughs> because of what it could mean yeah. with Lane Kiffin yeah. coming in there for Matt Luke. What do you think? Maybe a statue yeah. of a height, leg height Elijah Moore, they'll uh, call him. I, I'm, uh, Trev, I'm sure there will be something appropriate in the Grove at some time, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's been a heck of a start for Elijah Moore. You talk about guys who have benefited over there. From Lane Kiffin's arrival, certainly Matt Corral, Elijah Moore. Right now, you look at the FBS uh, receiving rankings. He's right there at the top of the list, along with Jalen Waddell of Alabama. So, man, when you match up on Saturday, uh, you're you're probably going to hear those comparisons, those those uh, uh, those throwbacks to Archie Manning and Scott Hunter, I guess, in 1969. But uh, these are a couple of offenses in in recent years that. It really has been a shootout for the most part. Yeah, well, there's no doubt about that. Uh, listen, I mean, this has a lot of this has a lot of history to it. Uh, Trev, I have you remember the uh, the '89 team with Gary Hollingsworth, where Bama yeah. goes over to to Oxford, and you may have even been at that game. That uh, Trev, you remember uh, what was it? Ole Miss gets out twenty-one to nothing, uh, and then. Uh, but before you can go to the refrigerator and come back, Hollinsworth has got them where they're tied, and it ends up being like 63 to 28 or something like that. So, yeah. uh, th- you know, there there's a tremendous amount of history uh, uh, with some wild offensive games uh, in this series. But again, uh, and it's appropriate to say at this point, Trev, if there's three or four inches of rain pelting down on Saturday, if they decide to play it at that point, uh, who does that favor and how will that affect that game plan? Yeah, you would think the team that perhaps should have the edge in running the football, and statistically right now that's not Alabama compared to Ole Miss, but when you look at that offensive line, you look at having a 230-pound back, uh, you got field turf, I think, over there. In Oxford, so the footing may not be as much of an issue if you have that type of situation. Listen, it's funny you said that um, because I got a text earlier today that they from in 2016 to now they went back to grass. That they, they were in field turf from 09 to 2015. And there you so, go. The, so the last few years they actually have grass now. There you go. And so you talk about footing, you talk about weather around the league. I mean, you're hearing talk, Brent, I guess, of certainly Missouri and LSU being impacted right there in Baton Rouge. I guess some rumblings that that game could be on the move. Uh, May move it to Missouri. Absolutely. And, and Trav, I wonder, uh, and and again, uh, we'll have to see the cone to see uh, whether – 
would there be any any thought process of moving the game from Oxford to Tuscaloosa? Yeah, interesting. I don't know how much of a difference that might make. I, I, it, it may not. It, that know, might be the problem. Yeah, I guess in terms of logistics involved, because you're sort of dealing with limited fan attendance anyway, that's not as big of a concern. Sure. If there's a if there's a silver lining potentially to all that this weekend, you're you're not dramatically changing things in terms of fan attendance, I guess. And so many of these schools now have gone electronic with the ticketing that yeah. a lot of those changes can be made. I was at Missouri, though. Missouri, interestingly enough, you had paper tickets still in play out there. So that could be interesting if it goes that way there. Uh, well, uh, absolutely. And, Trav, again, as you know, uh, and we've all experienced this uh, living in Florida, is when you're dealing with a hurricane, it's, it's not so much even that the, the amount of rain and the wind. And the, the problem is, can you get your emergency personnel uh, at the game yeah. who, who normally are there, or are they going to be tied up? And, and obviously more important things and helping people out – after the aftermath uh, of a hurricane, and and uh, that's something I don't think fans think about enough. But I can tell you, uh, uh, Greg Byrne and these ads around the league are looking at that right now, aren't they? Well, we saw that with LSU in Florida a few years Absolutely. back, and that became a point of consternation. Yeah, oh, I would say between the ads involved and then Greg Sankey <laughs> had to kind of get in the middle of all that. The game ended yes. up what being played in Baton Rouge that year. Uh, it was supposed to be played in Gainesville. You had a hurricane situation. As you said, first responders, emergency personnel in general were needed elsewhere, understandably. Uh, and you're right. That could that could be a potential impact in the, the upcoming weekend as well. We're talking with Brent Beard, First Coast News and College Sports Today on a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports. So when we look at just matchups this weekend, uh, Tennessee, Georgia. Uh, I guess we have to put that one at the top of the list uh, for entertainment value. I think Alabama, Ole Miss, for a couple different reasons, makes sense. What do you expect out of Texas A&M? Another, uh, again, another game in College Station that could yeah. certainly be impacted right. by the weather. Um, Florida going to visit the Aggies as a six and a half point favorite. Brent, did you feel better about what you saw from A&M in a twenty-eight point loss to Alabama? Compared to what you saw from them in a five-point win over Vanderbilt, what's what what should we expect from this team at this point? Uh, it, 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 there's some mystery involved. There's no question about that as for what it's going to be. I mean, Mond uh, still uh, is struggling. Uh, I, I mean, Trav, this is his fourth trip to play Alabama, uh, either home or away. And his completion percentage is still around. Uh, I mean, it's 58% this year. He's 3-10 and 10 against ranked teams. Uh, they they keep losing players. Uh, people didn't hear Grayson Reed, who went out of the Alabama game. He's out now for the year, uh, unfortunately. I mean, look, they've still got athletes. And, and, and frankly, Mike Elko's done a pretty good job uh defensively and they've got a pretty good front seven uh all the way but i uh, look I, I think in this game trav it's florida defensively particularly in that secondary they've moved 
Marco Wilson is the nickelback now. C.J. McWilliams is uh, is the um, a backup outside corner. Jaden Hill is being moved to outside cornerback. Uh, and my question to you is, Trav, can um, can Mon improve on that fifty eight percent completion rate against a Florida defense? That, frankly, is struggling right now. Yeah, you can live with a lower completion percentage if your yards per attempt are up. And that's as much a problem for Kellen Mond in this offense through the years as anything else. He did throw for 318 and three touchdowns here in Tuscaloosa last Saturday, but he needed 44 attempts to get there. And there's always the one turnover it seems like and that was the case again last Saturday with the pick six by Daniel Wright for Alabama so it's not like Florida doesn't have questions of its own Florida kind of reminds me of Alabama right now yeah no one seems to have any qualms with that offense in Gainesville but when you do look at the defense and specifically the back end of that defense uh, there are some questions to ask as it goes on the road to take on Texas A&M. Any chance Jeremy pulls it off in Athens on Saturday, in your opinion, Brent? No, no, no. I, I, I just think Georgia's defense is too good. Uh, and uh, it, listen, Georgia reminds me of Bama in 08 and 09 uh, right, right now as much as Tennessee does, to be honest with you, because, uh, I mean, you've got – Can play uh, defense. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's no doubt in Bennett. Uh, Bennett is your Greg McElroy of choice for this week, uh, that they were able to run the ball. I'll tell you what, Trav, uh, in that, I, I, I'm sure this caught your attention very quickly. When you can run the ball at five yards a pop right out of the gate, uh, it, it, cha- it can change the entire game, can it not? It absolutely, absolutely can. And uh, what do you think of Auburn? Is, is, do we have Auburn on upset alert with Arkansas? going in there now after what we saw last weekend Auburn a 16 and a half point favorite at last check uh it, listen the, the, the to me the problem with Auburn is Trav they don't have a uh for the second team uh they don't they didn't have a single player to get to 35 yards rushing yeah uh I I, I mean that that to me is their big concern and and, and, and listen Tennessee's offensive line right now Trav's better than Auburn's I don't think there's any doubt about that. That, that Auburn five that the Tigers are putting out there uh, to this point anyway uh, leaves a lot to be desired. Sort of, sort of a homecoming game for Mike Leach this weekend. He goes back to Kentucky where he served under Hal Mummy uh, many moons ago. Uh, this suddenly turns into sort of a desperation affair for these two teams. Kentucky now at 0-2 going to lay three points against – the Bulldogs on Saturday night on the SEC Network. Uh, Kentucky really needs to to make it happen here. Don't need to get swept by the two teams from Mississippi. Uh, I think Kentucky right now would be your most disappointing team in the league uh, with what was expected from them. I, I mean, Travis, I, I I know of guys who, and I don't think they're bragging about it, but who uh, actually picked Kentucky to win the East. Uh, I mean, I thought they'd play well. I, I sure didn't think they would do anything like bad. And now Cavosi uh, Smoke is out for a couple of weeks, broke a rib, uh, and uh, they, they're they really struggling. I, I mean, they, they lost Ole Miss basically on an extra point 
uh, in overtime. They're still trying to get what they can out of Terry Wilson at this point. Uh, A.J. Rose is, is, is had his moments uh, with that, but, but Kentucky's been very disappointing. Uh, but, but look, uh, something I learned from you years ago about Mike Leach, and it's true, is, is that, Trav, every time you deal with Leach, uh, he, he's going to have a mind-blowing win every year and a mind-blowing loss, and I think he's probably still got uh, one of each coming before the year is over. And I didn't realize this until yesterday, and obviously it goes back to Washington State, and we understand this. But this is kind of typical of Leach. Trav, he's now 4-8 and eight in his last 12 games as a head coach. Yeah. You know, people forget before he took the Mississippi State job, he got absolutely paddled by Air Force in a bowl he game. sure did. That's so, right. you know, the, again, that's sort of the up-and-down nature uh, of the Pirate. At times, the beer is going to be very, very cold. Yeah. Yeah, with Mike Leach, absolutely. and then at times it's going to be like what you find in a a Liverpool pub yes. across the pond. Hey, Brent, as always, great stuff with us here on the program. Always appreciate you joining us. Look forward to doing it again next week. Me too, pal. Take care. There he goes, Brent Beard of First Coast News and College Sports Today, touring the Southeastern Conference with Brent Beard. If you haven't already, give Brent a follow on Twitter. At Brent Beard, that's B-E-A-I-R-D. Back with more of a Tuesday edition of Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM right after this. You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with BamaOnline.com senior analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend Born on this day in 1951, that guy right there, Kevin Cronin, lead singer, front man for REO Speedwagon. Yes, you talk about the high school years for yours truly. A lot of REO Speedwagon back in the day, really spanned between middle school there in the late to early uh, 70s and 80s and right on into the mid-80s, man. Right on through the 80s. REO Speedwagon. Southern Fried Sports on a Tuesday. Travis Ryer, Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you as I am each and every weekday morning from 11 a.m. until noon. Show brought to you in part by Houston Hydra Steam, home of the Houston Rug Revival. Go ahead, make the call today. 205-553-9460. Go ahead. Get the carpets, get the rugs, get the flooring, tile, grout, all of that. Get it handled today by Jackie and his outstanding staff there at Houston Hydra Steam. Locally owned, locally operated, dependability. You can count on them. 205-553-9460. Houston Hydra Steam. Quality work you can stand on. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolates here. Studio line at 205-342-9904. Check in with our pal, 
Ellis up in Manchester, Tennessee. Ellis, how are you doing on this Tuesday morning? Oh, I'm doing just lovely. Uh, just I've lovely. done that for a living. I've done that for a living, Travis. The rugs and the carpets and the, the hydro steaming? Yeah. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Yep. Well, if we can't have you, Ellis, we'll use Houston hydro steam. How about that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. But uh, I just wanted to talk about the defense. Uh, I still uh, think the defense is a whole lot better than it was last year. It could be better, but uh, I'm just going to, you know, like I was t- telling uh, some, I forgot who it was on uh, Martin Houston show this morning. Uh, it's blame it on the COVID. You, you know, think because the COVID they didn't get the interruption they didn't get the proper workouts. They didn't yeah. get the proper coaching until this, you know, recently, you know, and then it was then you turn around and it's uh, football season. It's so, interesting because in years past, in previous eras anyway, you would have thought that type of interruption and that type of disruption of the routine would have the defenses ahead of the offenses. But what we're seeing today, anyway, is sort of a reversal of that. It looks like the offenses are ahead. Yeah, I mean, look, and also, you knew this Alabama defense was replacing a lot, right? Your top four four of your top five players in the secondary uh, had some losses up front, certainly had some losses at outside linebacker. So you were already dealing with attrition. Yes, you were getting Dylan Moses back from injury, but Dylan, in some ways, at some points in the last two games, he's looked like a guy who hasn't played in a game in 20 months, and he also looks like a guy at times, anyway, who looked really good, too, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you got to remember, Dylan Moses has now played all of two games at middle linebacker. So... There's a transition that he's undergoing. You've had some guys that have played well in stretches. Christian Harris has been magnificent in stretches. Christian Harris has also had some mental miscues, like a lot of those guys on that side of the ball that have come back to hurt him. And uh, I, I'm with you. I think that they're definitely going to be better in time, uh, but they need to hurry up because in an SEC-only oh, yeah, schedule – you, you don't get you don't get the the Georgia states and the New Mexico states to try to fix some things with. No, no, but I you know I agree you know they need to hurry up. But uh, that you know I just you know, I just think that's all of it balled up in one thing is uh, mm-hmm. they didn't get the proper workout and practices and all that right there you know and they're just behind. Well, what you do I like no and I understand third down defense those things I think. I think A&M on Saturday converted 10 of their last 14 third downs. But, you know, if you can take the football away consistently, Alabama did that a couple more times on Saturday, you can cover for a lot of that. Yeah, and like you said earlier, it took him, what, 24 attempts to get 319 yards? Yeah, Yeah, 44 attempts. attempts. Well, see, you know, know, that shows that the defense was doing good. You know, uh, you know. I like, think, but, here's what here's it, what I think. You tell me, Ellis. If Daniel Wright just gets Anaya Smith out of bounds on the one play, our perception of how Alabama played against A and M would be at least somewhat different. Instead, yeah. I think that one play just is stuck in the frontal lobes of Alabama fans, and I get it. I mean, it, it wasn't pretty. I get that. 
That's how that's how Alabama fans are, though. You know. And even though Daniel Wright <laughs> came back with a pick six, what's the thing that that stands out? It's the play in which he didn't get Smith out of bounds. And that's not to right. throw Daniel Wright entirely under the bus because if you go back and watch the game, uh, you know he actually did a lot of good things and he was responsible for a lot of things. Um, but he did have a, a, a miscue there, and and it's one that, that that stood out. Anything else for us, Ellis? Well, there's some there just some new names uh, back there in the in the backfield. You know, uh, yeah. like who wears one more thing? Who wears the number thirteen? Well, that's Malachi Moore, and he was outstanding Saturday at the star position. Ooh, yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looked good, didn't he? Yes. You know, and they're freshmen, you know, so, you know, mm-hmm. I think they're going to get better. So I'm still behind uh, Pico. There you go. Hey, Ellis. We All right, and you see, call, I'm back to walking again, too. All right, good. We like to hear that. You know, I need sort yeah. of a virtual walking partner up there in Manchester, Tennessee. I got to stay with it, too. Stick with it, Ellis. Yeah. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Thank you. Roll tight. There he goes. Ellis still Team Pete. Sticking with Pete Golding. Let's head back to the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line and check in with Cowboy out in the state of Texas. Cowboy, how you doing on this Tuesday morning? Oh, I'm pretty good, Travis. How about yourself? Can I complain, my man? So far, so good yeah. with the weather, but... uh I'm afraid that's changing here soon. Right. I hope I hope it kind of takes a about turn, but who knows? Um, I hear you. I heard Troy Aikman this morning talking about controlling tempo in a game. There's ways you can control tempo or play with tempo. I think if Alabama goes over here to Ole Miss, we may see Alabama play with tempo but it could be a different version of tempo than you're thinking. Do you know what I may be referring to? Are you thinking that maybe they're going to slow it down because Lane's going to want to try to play fast? You know, Lane's going right. to Lane's going to try to go speedball, as Nick Saban likes to call it. Right. If it's wet, slow it down. Control clock. Pound them with your running backs. They gave up 400 yards to Kentucky mm-hmm. and beat them 35-10. Yeah. I think that's certainly a possibility. You know, I think I think Alabama, I think Sarkey sort of picks his spots. Um, you know, when, when Alabama hit an explosive play, he seems like he likes to pick up the pace right after that and then try to mm-hmm. – hit a defense when they're wobbling a little bit uh, with, with another sort of haymaker there. Uh, that, yeah. That's certainly a plausible potential scenario for Saturday. Yeah, I don't – I'm trying to think of a way to beat them nice but conserve energy, lean on them, you know, and, and, and get out of there and get back home and get your, get your hatches batting down for the dogs. Yeah, not, I, I hear not you. That I'm, I'm not overlooking Lane, you know. I'm just right. I, I think I think we need to really get this running game established, and why not against a team that gave up 400 yards? And maybe some more, maybe some real, maybe some more real concerted effort between the tackles, you know, with a little pistol action and run your play action off of that with right. uh, with Mac. 
Do you think we need to sign another hot shot back this year, or are we okay? Because in defense to Trey Sanders, I don't know what happened at Arkansas, but he looked like Damian Harris would get carries his freshman year. You remember? Yeah. (laughs) Damian would come in and run nine times for 10 yards. (laughs) Yeah. When everybody in the stadium knows you're running it and you're, you're formationally in ways that you're going to run it. Hey, Cowboy, I'll answer that. Yeah. we got to head to this quick break real quick before we get out of here. But as always, we appreciate the uh, right, we appreciate the phone call. Yep. Yeah, you know, in talking with guys that I work with at BamaOnline.com, like Hank South, Tim Watts, you know, they're right now, they're thinking that you know, it could very well be a class where Alabama goes without a running back. may not be the case. You haven't seen Keelan Robinson this year, so obviously he would seem to qualify as an opt-out. Um, but coming off the three back class from a year ago, the, the feeling anyway, as of about a week ago, is that, uh, those guys wouldn't be surprised to see Alabama go without a running back in the 2021 cycle. Going to head to our final break. We come back. We'll put a wrap on a Tuesday edition of Southern fried sports right after this. A warm afternoon with a good supply of sunshine, the high 83. For tonight, fair with the low at 60. Tomorrow, partly to mostly sunny, the high 86. Thursday, clouds increasing during the day, a chance of showers by afternoon. Thursday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. The flagship station for Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Southern Fried Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM. The show is always brought to you in part by Chase's Residential and Commercial Cleaning. Outstanding folks. 20 years of quality cleaning experience for your home or commercial space. The choice is simple. Chase's at 205-886-3616. Give them a call today. Get that home. Get that business. You name it. Get it clean, man with Chase's residential and commercial cleaning. Been a great show. We appreciate James doing a great job producing the program. Brent Beard, of course, joining us on a Tuesday. The lunch whistle on this Tuesday. It is a Tuesday, and you know what that means, right? Thai chicken pizzas at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. $7 for those Thai chicken pizzas starting at 6 o'clock this evening. Great daily specials, Monday through Thursday. Monday, you get the $6 pepperonis, half-priced bottles of wine on Monday as well. Wednesday, it's the chicken bacon ranch pie. Outstanding, man. Seven bucks for those babies on Wednesdays. On Thursdays, $6 pepperoni pizzas and $5 signature cocktails. All of that at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza. Until 11 a.m. on Wednesday. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.